0: Good morning, I'd like to welcome everyone to church. Thanks for being here. As always, if you get a chance, sign the attendance card or use the QR code on the announcements. Mystery Prelude, Freeland Goddard. And uh, it was in the hope that the music in the next world is as beautiful as the music in this world. Did anybody get the uh, mystery prelude? Bach, sheep may safely graze, very good. Easter flowers, if you'd like to get purchase Easter flowers for our Easter celebration, that would be great. Uh, we love having the flowers here. And um, if many people just leave them, donate them, and then we have volunteers who take them to nursing homes on behalf of Redeemer. So if you'd like to help with that, check out the announcements. Also, Women's Book Group, February 27th. Uh, the Legacy of Rosie the Riveter is March 3rd. Rummage sale begins March 8th, and you can drop off your stuff March 2nd and the 7th. If you have larger items that you're unable to bring, you there are uh, instructions in the announcements of who to call, and we could pick that up for you. Also, I don't know what it is about Pastor Farah, our emeritus pastor, but all the time people ask me, when's he gonna preach next? You gotta advertise it. So he's like the rock star of the pulpit. Nobody asked when I'm going to preach or Pastor Jimmy's going to preach, but Pastor is preaching on March 10th, and just so you know, next week uh, Pastor Jimmy will be preaching. We're in the season of Lent, we have worship at 1 and 7, and uh, we're talking about the red letters of Jesus, and this one is coming up is on forgiveness, and it's really more forgiving yourself before you forgive others. And we have lunch at noon, chopped Greek salad with chicken kebabs, pita bread, lemon rice soup, and baklava. And then for dinner, chicken parmesan, uh, scalloped potatoes, salad, rolls, and dessert. So please, if you're coming to church, think about coming to dinner at 6 o'clock or lunch at noon. We rise for opening hymn. (laughs)
1: Make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit.
0: the children to come forward. (laughs) Good morning. Wow, that's great. Good job. You know what you're getting today? What is this? Rocks. rocks. These aren't just normal rocks. These are pet rocks. Yeah. Anybody have a, look, look behind you. Anybody have a pet rock? Years ago, 1975, there you go. This guy had a genius idea to put a rock in a box the box looks sort of like a Happy Meal container. And he sold pet rocks. He made over a million dollars. That's brilliant. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but these are special. <laughs> but you can find one outside too and have a pet. Ro- oh, okay, here we go. They cost more than That's why the guy made over a million dollars. <laughs> you have a shiny rock? Is it your pet rock? No, no, this is your pet rock. So you're going to get pet rocks. And so often in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, God is referred to as a rock. It says, make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. God's like a rock. He's strong. He's solid. And he's always there for us. So here you go. I think, where are you going today? Down, okay, lower level. (laughs) Enjoy your pet rocks.
3: testament reading for today is taken from the book of Exodus 17 chapter 17 verses 1 through 7 the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin traveling to pla- from place to place as the Lord commanded they camped at Rephidim but there was no water for the people to drink so they quarreled with Moses and said give us water to drink Moses replied Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile. And go, I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah, Because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Here ends the Old Testament reading. The epistle reading for today is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Here ends the epistle reading. Because your love is better than life, My lips will glorify you.
1: Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from John 7, verses 25 through 41. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time. And then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we can't find him? Will he go where our people lived scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to this time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Here ends our holy gospel reading. We'll continue and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, Father, Please be seated.
0: mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So at the other services, I, you know, pet rock thing, Gary Dowell, he's the guy who came up with it. He was out at a bar with a few of his buddies having a couple beers, and all his buddies were complaining how much work their pets were, and they had to clean up after them. They do damage at the house, and he just blurted out as a joke, my pet is no trouble at all, I have a pet rock. And they laughed and he said, maybe I got something here. And what is great, he would would say, I packaged a sense of humor for a very bored public. (laughs) You people who raised your hand, bored public. (laughs) So we even had a training manual of how to train your rock. Well, one of the things you get your rock to stand, he said, don't be silly, rock can't stand, they don't have feet. So, okay, so I read through portions of the training manual. Eight o'clock, I thought it was received all right. Nine o'clock, n- not at all. I even leaned over to Rick saying, Why didn't you tell me after eight o'clock service? And then my wife walks out of church after the service and she said, Drop the rock intro. <laughs> <laughs> But there was one thing in there he had about a rock, blood out of a rock. If you are getting blood out of your rock, you should contact the Internal Revenue Service immediately. They've been attempting to do this very thing for years. (laughs) Rocks, so often in the Old Testament scripture, it's a reference to God. Isaiah, referring to the Old Testament event our reading for today, they did not thirst when he, had, he led them through the deserts. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and water gushed out. Psalm 78, he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. Again, from Psalm 78, they remembered that God was their rock, that God Most High was their Redeemer. Psalm 114, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock and the springs of water. This is Moses moses in the book of deuteronomy there's a song it's called the song of moses and a number of times he refers to god as rock he is the rock his works are perfect and all his ways are just they abandoned the god who made them and rejected the rock their savior you deserted the rock who fathered you you forgot the god who gave you birth our old testament lesson for today the children of israel Get freedom from Egypt. Remember, they're going to be in the wilderness 40 years. We just talked about this a few weeks ago. It shouldn't take that long to travel there. But if you recall, God had them send 12 spies into the promised land to search, look at it, see what the fortifications are. And when the 12 spies came back, 10 said, we'll never be able to take that land over. Only two were faithful, saying if God wants us and He has promised us, we will certainly be victorious. Well, the people became frightened and listened to the majority report, not the minority. And so God said, listen, this whole generation will not enter the promised land, except two, the two that gave the minority report. Now, Moses was supposed to enter the promised land, but that didn't happen. Our first, our Old Testament lesson, I will stand before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. Some translations render that God, this visible theophany of God, uh, was above the rock, standing on the rock. Now, we're told in Exodus 12, 39, that there were 600,000 men making this journey to the promised land. Now, imagine, do the calculating, you can estimate, you know, they have wives, they have children, they have moms. That number could be three to four million people making this journey. It's just hard to imagine. They need water. Notice how they grumbled against Moses and against God. Well, now it's about 40 years later. They're about to enter the promised land. The children of the parents who all died, they start, they're just like their parents, they start to grumble against God, they start to grumble against Moses. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he was commanded, He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? I don't think God's probably happy with these words. Who's the we, Moses and Aaron? Or is it Moses and God? Is Moses putting himself on the level of God? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Sounds like a harsh punishment, doesn't it? Okay, he didn't speak to the rock, but the first time he was told to strike the rock. I mean, is the punishment too harsh for the crime? He struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Now he can't enter the promised land. There has to be more to the imagery here. Did you hear our epistle lesson for today? What does it tell us? Paul is filling in the gaps. They all ate the same spiritual food, talking about the manna from heaven, and they drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Now, some look at the words of Paul and say, and there's a tradition among the Jews that a rock actually traveled with them. But I don't think that's the case. And the tradition from the the Jews came about after Paul wrote this. And and I think we're going to see as we look at the Hebrew, this is two different rocks. Remember, being in Egypt, they were slaves. We are slaves to sin. We have been freed through Christ. We are in our wilderness journey. And only through Christ will we enter the promised land. That's what the Old Testament, this whole story, is about. It's a type of what we live through. The Hebrew word for the first rock, zor. Zor. It means solid both exterior and interior. The second rock he hit, Selah, Selah, hard outside with some moisture inside. What Paul is filling in the gaps for us, when Moses struck that first rock, it was representing the crucifixion of Christ. The second rock, it's the glorified Christ. He's not dead, He rose. He's in all his glory. The word "selah" for that second lot rock, it's one of those difficult Hebrew words to really understand, to really pin down. It means to lift up, exalt, listen and respond. Hey, doesn't Jesus do that for us? Isn't he our advocate before the Father? We can pray to him. He listens, He responds. It also, sila became, and if you look in the book of Psalms, they don't even attempt to translate it, some of the English translations, because the word's so elusive. But it became known as a musical term also, and that's why it's in the Psalms. Sila, it means pause. The singer is the pause at that point. Psalm 46 inspired the words of a mighty fortress is our God. Psalm 46, you're going to find the word Selah. Selah can mean fortress. This is a monstrous rock. It's a fortress. And in striking it, he took away the symbolism God intended, that he wanted that second rock to represent the glorified Christ. I know we're going a little long. It's good we dropped the rock intro. We can't let the gospel lesson go by today without referring to it. We're told on the last and greatest day of the festival. What festival? God gave the Jewish people eight or nine, it depends how you divide them, festivals to keep annually. The festival where Jesus is celebrating is the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles. It was a time to remember how God led them to the promised land you'll still see in some jewish yards in the fall september october you'll see a tabernacle a little structure they had the tradition of sleeping in the tabernacle it was to remind them that god was with them on their journey at the tabernacle celebration at the temple there's a court women court of women just for women the court of women in there was four tall candle stands, almost torches 75 feet tall during the feast of tabernacles the priestly robes that were worn out would become the wicks and they would light it for this celebration this seven-day celebration it would illuminate all of jerusalem it is during that time that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You see the connection? The court of women. Jesus came from the Father, God the Father, not a human father, but he came from an earthly mom, Mary. She bore the light of the world. He announces during the Feast of Tabernacles, he is the light of the world. Some think he was born during the Feast of Tabernacles. In John 1.1, the word became flesh and dwelt, Greek word, tabernacled, among us. at the Feast of Tabernacle also. Seven-day celebration. But for six days, six days, the priest would go down to the Pool of Siloam with a gold pitcher and bring it to the bronze altar that was in the temple court so everybody could watch. And water would be poured on the bronze altar at the same time wine would be poured on it. In about 103 B.C., this is sort of a side note, the high priest that year, this is not in the Bible, it's just Jewish history, Alexander Yanine, he's the high priest. Pharisees were usually the high priest. They liked having the power. He is more of a Sadducee. And the Sadducees were very concerned about following the word of God to its letter. And when God instituted this wine, pouring of the wine, he never said anything about pouring of the water. So Alexander is more on the side of the Sadducees. So when it came to the time of the libation ceremony, instead of pouring it under water, he poured it at the ground on his feet. The Jewish people became so upset because this was such a part, great part of the celebration, they started throwing things at him. He gets a foreign mercenary group to come in and over 6,000 Jews are killed. So once again, eventually the water ceremony was instituted again. And the Jews, remembering their history, and Alexander and what he did, they would always shout before it, well, the pouring of the water, lift up your arm, lift up your arm! They wanted to make sure it was poured on the altar. When Jesus says, Come to me. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. He is connecting himself to that spiritual rock that Paul talks about. He accompanied the Jews on their journey to the promised land. And yes, symbolically crucified. And if Moses would have followed what God told him, this would have been the exalted, glorious Christ because you can't get into the promised land with a dead Savior. He has to be risen and glorified. Also interesting, this is a, a, on, the, on the, I'm sorry, six days they would pour the water. On the seventh day, that's the great day Jesus is talking about, they would get the water, as usual, and they'd have the wine, but they'd march around the brown's altar seven times, and then they would pour it out. Notice, Jesus announces that he is living water. When he was crucified, instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Was this ceremony, the wine and libation ceremony, a foreshadowing of what would pour forth from Christ? We don't know where they came up with this water ceremony, but some would track it back to Isaiah 12, Old Testament. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. When the angel came to Mother Mary, you were to name him Jesus. Really, you pronounce it Yahshua. The word Yahshua means salvation. He is the water of life. What's also interesting, at this ceremony, they would have shofars being blown. It was a celebration, but they had one flutist, and perhaps it represented the Messiah. You know what they called the flutist? The pierced one, because you had to pierce the wood to make the instrument. The pierced one. Jesus is the pierced one who died for you. But a dead Savior doesn't get you into the promised land. He's a glorified Savior. And as the Jews entered their promised land, a foreshadowing, we are in our wilderness journey. We have been free from slavery of sin, but we're still making the journey, and Christ travels with us. And when that final breath comes, we will lay hold of, with our own eyes, the glorified Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise for the offertory.
1: Let us pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you for being such a loving God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for sacrificing your life for us. We thank you for being mindful of us and becoming our savior, deliverer, and liberator. Lord, we will praise you at all times. We will constantly speak your praises. We will boast only in you. We give thanks to you with our whole hearts. Today we pray for those facing health concerns, Tammy and Danny Bordeaux, Remy Lubell, Blake Thomas, Thomas, Natalie Schweitzer, Jim Wingo, the Alice family, Robert Anderson, Frank Rosenwig, Sheila, the son of a friend of the congregation, Aunt Jean, Ryan, Harold, Mike Dundas, Helga, Linda Christensen, John Wargelin, Myrna Orva, Beth Hamada, and Ron Ging. We pray for all of those who are in hospice care, including Etta Unruh. Please watch over the people of the Middle East and Ukraine during this time of war. We pray for all those serving in the military, police and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel, and for all those suffering from other health concerns. Prayers of thanksgiving this morning for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. And our sanctuary altar flowers, placed by Keith and Linda Lewis, in honor of their 59th wedding anniversary. All this we ask as you have taught us to pray. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace.